Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 124 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, it's true. We're all vulnerable. But there's an art to being vulnerable with others. And we're going to talk about the art of vulnerability in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us on this fine day. Well, that's an assumption that it's a fine day where you are, but let's just go with that. This is Larry Gates, and I'm along here with Armin Asadi, my co host for the Reinventure Me podcast. The mighty wingman. The, the mighty wing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a man, too. I, I'll give you both. I'll take whatever I can get, Larry. I'll take what I can. Hey, this is the podcast for what's next in life. If you if first time listening, you'll find that what we like to do here is explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities. And the ventures you were made to pursue, and what that means is that all of the show notes for this episode, at least all the notes that we prepare with quotes and things from the show, as well as links to resources, can be found at reinventure.me slash 124. Because we've done 124 of these full-length episodes, Armin, and no big deal. more to come. That's right. More to come. I'm biting my tongue. I was going to say, have we, have we mentioned nope. the... Nope. Up and coming. Nope. Glory. Okay. Nope. So Armin is teasing you with an announcement that we will make in about a month's time, and it's going to be fun. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you like how I bit my tongue like four <laughs> times? How do I ask this? <laughs> it's good. It's good. Well, the purpose of these podcasts really are just to provide, you know, not a definitive end all answer, but really to stir up your thinking on a matter and to inspire you to live more boldly. And we've got the episode, really 124 episodes, and we finally got the episode where we've talked about it time and time again. We've talked about vulnerability, and uh, we, we have said many times in previous podcasts, those our regular listeners will know, that we have promised to have an episode where Armin is entirely vulnerable. So this... <laughs> Yes, the vulnerability episode we've been waiting for. That is not what this is. <laughs> Everybody will be You go okay. first, Armin. <laughs> Don't stop the podcast. Everything will be okay. You go first. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> we'll just uh, talk about it. Let's not actually do it. Yeah. No, it's so much easier to talk about these things than to actually do them, isn't it? Absolutely. It's well, the way to go. All right. So let's start where we mostly start, which is in, with some a little bit of inspiration go for it here yeah so this is actually all you but i'll read it hey, I'll, let, I'll let you do the preaching do the dramatic on. reading all right uh, do dramatic I, do i need a british accent on this? <laughs> i am just a persian like, accent it can be from I, a nanny it's so bad my persian accent is terrible ironically but i'm not gonna do any accent it says i am just like you before god i too have been taken from clay 
Mm, yeah, Job thirty-three yeah, six. That's Elihu, and and you probably should have done it with a Jewish accent, right? I don't even know how to. I, I know, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> Actually, I, I sound like a professional next to my wife. All my wives sound like Russian, Mexican. Uh, all of them sound Russian. <laughs> I picked this quote. I, in fact, I just read it this morning, and I thought it jumped out at me. And it's like this is a good quote to remind us that you know all of us are made from clay, and we are just like one another. We all have our vulnerabilities. We all have our soft spots. We all have things within us that's broken. Yeah. And the question about vulnerability is really an admission of that mm. and, an, and an acceptance of it. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, but I think it all kind of starts at ground zero, which is to recognize in some ways that none of us have all of it together, that all of us have something to which we're broken with, and the vulnerability is really just shining a light on the thing that's wrong with us and taking a risk and doing it. But we're going to talk about vulnerability today. Yeah. So let's start with the question that I actually struggled with when you sent it, is what is authentic vulnerability? All right. I thought about it. I had It was funny because my immediate response is, is what it's not. Yeah. Go for it. What isn't it? Well, I, well I'm, it's a good way to define something, by the way, is to define what it isn't. Is it? Uh, okay. I felt like I, I was kind of getting stuck. Anyways, I won't even go into it. So what I wrote is it, it's not about perception, mm-hmm. right? Because a, a lot of times we think about a vulnerability is it, it's, well, not vulnerability, but how we portray ourselves to other people. It's, it, we care more about perception than being vulnerable because vulnerable vulnerability typically means something negative, not yeah. something positive, right? It's not self-deprecating. A lot of times you hear people trying to be vulnerable. I'm not trying to talk like other people do it and I don't because I, I do this quite often, mm-hmm. but your vulnerability becomes this cue for, I, I don't want to say self-pity, but it, it's it's self-deprecating for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people, as you described, that do use either self-deprecating humor to put themselves down, uh, maybe in a hope that other people will raise them up or whatever, but that really truly isn't vulnerability. That's, you know, whatever that is to mask whatever they're doing. I don't think that's that's really necessarily vulnerability because it often comes out so quickly and so almost dismissively that that's who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to focus on what it's not, though. So I'm kind of curious of what you came up with. So I'm I'm hesitant to share what I wrote in terms of what I think authentic. Oh, you could be vulnerable here, and I, well, I, well, get. I, I just want to follow the master here. So, no. what did you? No, write? no, no. I don't think that, I, don't, I don't consider myself a master. But when I think about people being authentically vulnerable, or even the times when I felt like I've been vulnerable, it's been a combination of a couple of things. One is the admission of a flaw or weakness or mistake or something like. You know, Elihu said, "Hey, I'm 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 just like you. I'm right. I'm made from clay. You know, and that there's there's something brokenness. So it's an admission of brokenness in some way. Yeah. But to me, it's not just admitting that you're broken because I can say that I could tell you, oh, I'm not good at this, or this is an area that I'm not. But I'm not particularly vulnerable in doing that. Sure. I'm I'm stating something that doesn't create any risk for me to say it. So to me, vulnerability comes when you both." say something about your brokenness or a mistake or some flaw that you have or some error that you've made or something, but there's a risk in doing it. In other words, you risk more by saying it. You could risk reprisal. You could risk, you know, some people thinking differently about you than you might like. There's all kinds of things. Then that truly definition of vulnerability is that you are vulnerable to something happening to you as a consequence of being vulnerable. Right. And I think that if there's no perceived risk, there's really no perceived vulnerability. Mm. 
I yeah wow I, yeah you definitely said it way more eloquently than I would have. I, I the only way I really put it is that it's more about honesty in terms of who you are, not what you've done, where you've been, what you've seen, where you failed. Mm-hmm. It's just about who you are. And sometimes I've realized the risk in being honest about who you are in terms of authentic vulnerability is there's a perception that if you are honest about who you are, depending on who's around you, that somehow it diminishes your value or it makes you be perceived as a bad person, a bad Christian, a bad leader, a bad whatever, fill in the blank with some negative comment about who you are. And uh, I, I guess I guess for me, just authentic vulnerability is just being truly honest about who you are. Yeah, and that to me is a form of integrity. Yeah. But I think of integrity and vulnerability are connected, but in, in terms of, I think they're related. You, you probably can't be truly vulnerable unless you don't have a sense of integrity. In other words, right. I, I need to let you know on the outside what's going on on the inside. That That's the integrity that probably drives vulnerability. I think you can live with a high degree of consistent integrity, but not always be consistently vulnerable. I mean, I think vulnerability comes on occasions when it's needed to express something that's happening right then and there. Yeah. To me, vulnerability is something that comes when it's raw. It's not coming as a consequence of you having a narrative about it. Mm. And so for me, the more distance you put to an event, the more likely you are to not be really truly or authentically vulnerable about it. Yeah. Because we start to craft stories that help us modulate and share messages about how we want people to think about us in that narrative of what's going on. Right. But when you're truly in a situation where you're vulnerable, there is not only that risk that somebody's going to misunderstand you, but there's that ever present sense that it's raw itself and you don't fully understand it. Right. In fact, I think vulnerability occurs really when we have no good answer to the question why. Mm. Something's happened and we don't really know why. We may not know why we've done something. We may not know why something happened. And when you know the answer to it, when you've already framed it up, you're less likely to be to be vulnerable. You know, I like Brene Brown. She put a very simple definition around vulnerability. I think it weaves all the aspects that we've been talking about. I mean, she says vulnerability, she sees it as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, it really has to have those three. And if you think about what I meant about messiness and that it's more in the presence, it's raw, that's that uncertainty. Risk is certainly the same as as I was talking about. And, and she talks about emotional exposure. And I think that is putting yourself out there knowing that you're not exactly sure where it's going. There's that messiness that's involved right. in that as well. I think so often we see people trying to be vulnerable or transparent because it seems like the leadership quality that you want people to win over, but it seems manipulative because it's not genuine. It's not authentic, Mm. but it's hard to get to. It's hard to get to that level of, of vulnerability. We should talk about why it's important. Okay. Let me ask you this in terms of why it's important. Do you, do you believe that it's something that people are very aware of and it's just dismissed or it's, something that people are actually not aware of in terms of the importance of vulnerability. Oh, in terms of the importance. Well, first of all, in terms of awareness, I think that people notice when people are vulnerable, don't you? I mean, I certainly, I do, but I, I I guess I'm more curious if you think it's common that people see the importance of vulnerability or, or if they don't. Oh, I, I would guess that a lot of people are not 
really aware of the importance of it in a work setting or or perhaps even in an interpersonal setting, although they, I think they appreciate it when they see it. Right. I think when when I see it in others, I appreciate it because it helps me connect with something that I share in common with them. Hmm. When somebody shares something about their own weakness or something that they have tripped up in, I'm more likely to give them latitude in it because I believe hmm. that they're really processing something and they're admitting that they're not they're not perfect with it. Yeah. And I think that aligns people to want to help them. You know, we all kind of like to help the underdog. Yeah. And I think when you're vulnerable, you create that sense of alignment that other people can see something of themselves and what you might have gone through. And and I don't know if I want to call it pity as much as empathy. Right. That there's this degree Massive of empathy difference. that it yeah, that it creates. It it brings up, it rises up. And I don't think you can have vulnerability and not, in a true sense, and and not have empathy come as a consequence of it. I mean, there's some people that won't respond that way. Sure, yeah. But I think the big benefit of vulnerability is in the empathy that it creates. And when you have empathy, the outgrowth of that, we've talked about this back in the trust episode, is trust. Yeah. And when you know that somebody is not trying to present themselves as the perfect person, that they are not without mistake or flaw or whatever, and that they can be real and expose that in the moment that it's occurring or very near to that, then people treat that more carefully. I mean, there are some people, I suppose, that will take advantage of that. But I think, by and large, people respond to that because it echoes something inside of their own uncertainties. Mm. So, okay, here's something I catch myself saying about the importance of vulnerability quite often. And I'm curious if you agree to it, but... The line I usually drop is that vulnerability is one of the only ways that you will ever be able to truly be comfortable in your own skin. I don't think you can ever actually be comfortable in your own skin until you have lived a life of truly being vulnerable for a while. And I think you can fake it, but I don't think you can actually truly be comfortable in your own skin until you've practiced vulnerability for a bit. I would say that's one of the ingredients of vulnerability. I mean, I'd say trust is one. I mean, it's hard to be vulnerable if you don't extend somebody some trust. In other words, I'm not likely to be vulnerable with you about something that I don't trust you to, because vulnerability involves risk. So if I believe you're going to trample on my being vulnerable, if you're going to take advantage of what I say, and you're going to somehow use it against me or to harm me, I'm not likely to be vulnerable. So a necessary ingredient there is that I have to trust you in some way. Now, I may not be able to fully trust you yet because I may not have tested to see how deep my trust can go with you. And vulnerability is certainly one of those ways you can test it, but you got to have the test. The second thing is you've got to have what, you know, what you were describing, I would call confidence. Uh, You have to have confidence in yourself that things are going to be okay, regardless of what happens that, that, you know, you, you, you evaluate the risk and you go, okay, what's the worst of that? I mean, yeah, they may not think well of me or I might get fired or there might be any number of things, but at the end of the day, I'm still alive. God still loves me. It's not going to be something that's going to take my life away. And I can have that kind of confidence. And if, you know, if we're so easily rattled by what others think, we'll have a harder time being vulnerable. That we just will be in that box. Sure, yeah. So we have to have that confidence in ourselves. We have to have that confidence that at the end of the day, it's going to work out or even be better. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I think the other ingredients for having vulnerability is, is the messiness. If it's not messy then it's not truly vulnerable. We're just creating a story around it and packaging up so that other people can see that we're the hero, which is just another way of, of reframing our image rather than truly being authentic and vulnerable. That makes sense. What else do you think is the importance of vulnerability? 
we talked about empathy already, and I think to have you truly, gain you gain empathy, and by gaining empathy, you gain trust. And without trust, you really can't have a, an effective relationship. It doesn't matter whether it's marriage or friendship or work work setting or whatever. It's the trusted relationships that, of course, make the difference, as we talked about in one of our earlier episodes. And one of the fastest paths to trust is going first and and having that vulnerability in seeing how they respond to it. I think the other benefit of vulnerability is that when you are vulnerable with another, it gives them permission as well to take a risk and to say that, you know, it's going to be okay, that mm-hmm. that's, our, that's an okay thing to do around here. Yeah. We can own up to how something has affected us. And even if we don't have it all figured out yet, it's okay to describe that. And then I think it also... Actually, before you go on, yeah. because I think what you just said is really important, is that I've seen this in a lot of even small group cultures, church cultures, and business cultures, is that the person who is willing to put themselves out first in terms of being vulnerable, more often than not, it becomes the, that person becomes the a catalyst to a culture of honesty and vulnerability where people actually open up. And it becomes one of those cultures that almost sucks people into it, right? There's such a hunger for it. Where can I go where I can be me? and still be accepted. Exactly. Right? And if you are the person who is really willing to put yourself out there first, which is the riskiest, yep. right? You are taking the greatest risk if you are the first. Mm-hmm. But if you are willing to take the risk, you are willing to create a culture that does not exist in vast majority of our culture, but you will create that. If if people are willing to follow, more often than not, though, the, it's the second person, Right. It, it, you, it, there's the biggest risk taker, which is the first person to go, but it always requires a second person to follow before it becomes a cultural thing, right? But no, yeah, you're talking about the dancing guy video yes, on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> we should have a link to that. We'll put a link to that in the episode. Yes. There's a power of the second, is what Armin is talking That's about. So funny that you knew exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, you, your finger was dancing in the, in the totally. air as you were talking about. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, if you could if you could see this in the studio, I Armin, do my belly he was doing he was doing a little uh, a little dance for those of you that have seen that YouTube video. But you know, you're absolutely right, and. I love, and we've talked about this many, many times on, the, on these episodes over the past couple of years, but mentioned Brene Brown's quote, vulnerability is the last thing I want to see in me, but the first thing I look for in you. Totally, yeah. And that's from her book, Daring Greatly, which is a great read. We'll put a link to the show in the show notes for that book as well. But what I like about that quote is that, I mean, apart from it just being spot on, right to the heart, true. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go first, yeah. but I want to see it in you before I'll trust you. Yep. And so that really is an invitation to do what you're just describing, Armin, is to say, why not go first? Why not set the tempo for how whatever community you're in, whether it's your family, whether it's your workplace, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's your church group or whatever, and say, hey, I can expose a little bit of myself here. I don't have to do it in a way that is trying to manipulate something for myself. We can talk about that in a bit. But I can do it in a way that just says it's okay to be real. It's okay to to come to this place and be who I am. Because we live in a society that is so image conscious yeah. and you know there's all kinds of stuff for presenting who we are and how we look and and we've talked about this before, you know the whole social media phenomenon and Facebook and everything is um do you think Facebook posts are generally authentic or vulnerable? They're not. No. <laughs> I mean, they're celebration they're of great opinionated. Well, they're... or they're celebration of great events or, you know, little brag posts. Right. And I'm not derailing that or belittling that in any way because, you know, people should celebrate life. They should enjoy their 
time on the beach where we get to see their feet on the sand. <laughs> Whatever they yeah. on the sand beach Rub shots. It in. Right? Yeah, yeah. You and I were on a trip where we took a, where we took a picture <laughs> next right. to a pool where we were working. That's right. Where were we? That's Scottsdale. Kind of, that's where yeah, we're yeah. I was going to say Nashville. Like, that, we've never been to Nashville together. That's right. There's a little bit of an irony to that, yeah. you know. So I think the thing here, I mean, that you're you're hitting on is go first. Yeah. You know, set the tempo and be vulnerable because you're going to get a lot of a lot of value from that. It's true. I think we've covered a lot. I just want to throw in a couple more points, and I think we should move on unless you want to throw in a couple more points. But some of the other things I I would say in terms of importance, I feel like a lot of times you don't really know who truly loves you until you're truly vulnerable and authentically vulnerable Mm -hmm. about who you are. More often than not, I see it as the ultimate way to connect. I see it as the ultimate way to lead. I see it as the ultimate way to speak. I've seen so many speakers, and I've seen preachers, and so whatever, and they have a lot to teach but they don't know how to relate. And it's one of the greatest relators that I've ever seen is people who are willing to go on there and not say, hey, I'm here to tell you how to live your life. But they come across in a way that says, this is where I've been, this is where I failed, or this is whatever, whatever the story is. But they connect, they relate to you from a place of authentic vulnerability. And you connect with what they're saying so much more than you would the expert telling you how to live your life because I am this ominous, righteous, holy... Yeah, there's a difference between preaching and then telling somebody about your journey that helps them learn. Yeah, exactly, because I can connect with you. Yeah, And one of the other things, I I just think that vulnerability, the reason it's so important is that it's one of the greatest ways to grow. Mm -hmm. I'll end it on that point. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had anything else to Mm -hmm. add. No, how could I add to that? Uh, Shush. (laughs) 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 All right, so... Let's go to the next thing. Why is it so difficult to be vulnerable? Well, I think for me, it's much more appealing to be able to control the narrative of how people think about me. So it's much more appealing for me to set the table for how I want people to think of me. Sure. It's like personal branding. It's like personal branding. And so when something's hit me and it's hit me hard, it's harder for me to be open about it with people that I may not know or may not trust or or even those that I do trust. I want to try to process it first. I want to understand it. I want to then figure out what's my role in it and how do I describe it. And, you know, the more distance, like I said we before, the more distance we have between something that rattles us, some mistake we've made or something that could be truly a point of vulnerability, the more distance we have, the more time we have to erect a story that just cleans it up. Yeah. And it doesn't make it truly vulnerable then. You know, you talk about a lot of preachers that relate well to their audience, and I agree with you entirely that that's much more relatable. But in many ways, a lot of that isn't truly what I would call authentically vulnerable. They're they're being relatable. They're sharing something that's happened to them, but it's not vulnerable in that they're risking much by it. You know, now if they were because they've already processed it, they've already created a story, they've already framed it up as a way to illustrate their point. And somehow I think when you illustrate a Bible point and you put your own experience next to it, it somehow rationalizes your experience because you're teaching somebody from it. But, you know, you separate it from that context and you bring it right down to the point in which it happened. And it's much more of a raw thing. And that's when somebody that's able to share then and there what's going on. That's true, in my view, authentic vulnerability. I agree and disagree because I think from that perspective, it's it's almost making anything from your past impossible to be invulnerable about unless it's current 
or otherwise. And I, I don't know, I, but, but it's, it's a sidetrack conversation. But I, I mean, I, I think a lot of times when you preach, the only thing that you have to be vulnerable about, depending on the topic, a lot of times it comes from a past that's a little bit oh, distant. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. I, well, and it, could be, it could, it could be, be. And, and it might be. But the question for me is, how much are you risking by sharing it? A lot. A, a lot yeah. of times it is a lot. Especially well, if you a platform of preaching because you're, then, you're then, risking credibility. Then then know? it's okay. I mean, that, then it's fine. I'm just saying that a lot of stories that seem like they might be vulnerable are not really risking anything. Yeah. That's, that's true. I, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, they're, they're trying to make it look like. But I'm just... I guess from my perspective, when they are truly being authentically vulnerable, it is the catchiest thing ever. It is the greatest connection. Uh, absolutely. I yeah. No, I have no, no disagreement with you on that. Yeah. It is rare, though. I would yep. agree with that. Yep. So what else? What else would you say in terms of difficulty for vulnerability? I think one of the things is that we're just fearful. I mean, I think that's what makes it so hard. We're fearful that we'll be misunderstood. Yeah. That somehow that risk that we're concerned about will be materialized, that somehow right. we'll, we'll lose something. Usually that's fear-based. It's usually, I don't know if I can say usual because this isn't a academic research here. I mean, I'm sure that some people who were vulnerable did actually lose uh, quite a bit of what they might be fearful of. But I found more often than not that when I'm vulnerable, the things that I'm really concerned about losing, I don't lose at all. Right. <laughs> in fact, it's I true. gain more from it and I yeah. gain, gain more in connection. For me, personally, I've never seen it modeled. I mean, I grew up in a home that didn't have it modeled at all. There was mm -hmm. no vulnerability that my dad or my mom put on display for me to see. Right. Same with my family. And so I think a lot of it is that we don't have good role models for what true vulnerability looks like. And yeah. I think that's hard. That's a, that's one of the reasons that's hard to do is because we haven't seen it done well. Yeah, it's true. I think it's actually getting harder based on where we live. I'm not trying to backhand our culture, but it's getting further and further away from a norm in our society, right? I think my generation will probably either make vulnerability a norm or completely kill it for the most part. Well, I think the benefit that your generation has is that I think they're really keen on authenticity. I think that they're very keen on seeing the BS in people and calling it out. I think they really do want people to live as authentically as they can. They want people to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, fair enough. On the counter side of that, I think we have, as we talked about before, a lot of a lot of motion in sound bites. And sound bites right? don't create vulnerability. Right. But you can make it sound very vulnerable. Yeah. You, <laughs> you can create a very pithy Twitter post that makes it sound like you're vulnerable. But or just put it add a couple of teardrops on yeah, your face. Yeah, or, yeah. But, it, but it's not it's not true vulnerability. And, and I would say the other difficulty is, is that we have become more and more opinionated and the more vulnerable you become, the more you open yourself for uh, other people's opinion and judgment and gossip and blah, 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 all these things that I don't want to dismiss that as if that's not a reality. It is a reality. It is a reality, and that's the risk that you take. Yeah, but it, is it risk worth taking? And I think at the end of the day, I, well, I, I was talking to one of my kids about this the other day, and it's like, you know, what what happens if they have this thought about me or whatever as a consequence of that? I'm like, yeah. well, you know, Jesus was the most misunderstood person. I mean, you look at his disciples; they wanted him to set up a kingdom. He wasn't about to do that. He had right. a different agenda. Right. And then the Pharisees thought, you know, hey, you're 
you you have a demon inside of you, you know. So sure. I mean, they all got it wrong yeah, about who said, he was. Yeah. In fact, maybe the only person that got it right was Mary Magdalene, you know, who came and, per- and anointed him true. with perfume. Yeah. So they all got him wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, who are we to think that we can control the narrative well enough that everybody's going to get it right about us? Right. And at the end of the day, that's what allows for true vulnerability is just the recognition that everybody's going to get it wrong anyway. Yeah. So you might as well be who you are. Maybe this is what you're saying. Tell me, this is what, at least what I thought of as soon as you said that being vulnerable more often than not is about you and it's for you and not others. Oh yeah. Well, interestingly, I would have almost said it the exact opposite. Huh? It comes from who you are, but it's entirely for others because you see one of the thing that I think is the greatest mistakes that people make in being vulnerable is that they make it about them. Interesting. And, and, and vulnerability, I think, needs to come when there's a shared sense of loss. In other words, when there's some something that someone else is going to gain by your being vulnerable. Hmm. Because otherwise, what you end up doing is you end up being that person that nobody wants to hang around because they're what you might call high maintenance. Sure. They're always needy. They're always telling you yeah. something about themselves that's broken, defective. And you get the sense that they're inviting you to fix it. Yeah. And there are people like that. There are people that always want to be fixed. There are people that always talk about all the things that are wrong with them, all the things that are bad in their life, all the things. And they're like, you know, if if they were telling you that purposefully because you're also in a situation where you might be able to understand or benefit from it, then that might be vulnerability. But when it becomes mm-hmm. this neediness because it's all about them, yeah, then it becomes icky instead of building trust between people yeah it drives them away i can see that yeah i guess it's a skewed perception of vulnerability that it's always negative but yeah that definitely makes sense i don't think vulnerability is always negative though no you need something well but see i don't see that as vulnerability i I, maybe it is it's a vulnerability of need but it isn't necessarily the kind of vulnerability i think that you and i have in mind when we talk about the art of vulnerability in this episode so to me vulnerability is most powerful when it's done in the context of a community that's listening to it, right. that can benefit from that vulnerability. Right. I worked at Cray, and we had a CEO who had lost a major contract with a customer, and the customer decided to go with another vendor. And he was quite upset about it, and it looked like he was being very vulnerable about it. You mm-hmm. know, But most of us in the audience were like, that happens. Yeah, I mean, it was a big loss for him, but it wasn't a sense of a shared loss for the rest of us. So oh, what he was putting on display sounded more like it was something that affected his ego more than it affected us. Oh, interesting. Because it was like it, we didn't have that shared sense of loss. Yeah. So him talking about that wasn't that big of an issue for hmm. for us that we could really relate to. And it sounded like it was just him not ever wanting to lose anything. And most of us couldn't relate to that because we've all lost something before, you know, it's like, get over it. (laughs) So we couldn't identify with that. Right. And there was that disconnect. Mm. And so I think in some ways when it's all about you and you're just talking and processing about your stuff, you lose that connection. That's why I think vulnerability needs to be in the context where it serves others for being vulnerable. Interesting. You know, there is a difference between secrecy and privacy. Mm. And secrecy, of course, is when you're trying to hide and cover something up. Right. And there are times when that needs to come out into the open. You know, when when you need to say, hey, uh, what I've kept in secret, it's better for me to put that out on the table. And that is being 
vulnerable. Yeah. Privacy, on the other hand, means, hey, that's a private matter. You don't need to know that. It's of no benefit to you. Yeah. Tell it, us about your sex life, Larry. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's of no benefit for you to know that. And I love what Sean Connery said in the movie Finding Forestry. He says, that's not exactly a soup question, is it? You know, <laughs> the soup questions were those questions that benefit others. And right. this had no benefit right. for others. So privacy is an important thing to keep in mind. We don't, just because somebody shares a bunch of intimate details, doesn't make them vulnerable. Right. It just makes them perhaps foolish in, in not respecting privacy. All right, let's take a couple of minutes and just talk about some of the common mistakes that people make in terms of vulnerability before we wrap up. Yeah, well, I think we talked about the biggest one earlier on, and that is not willing to go first, right? Yeah. So the like, most common mistake is the missed opportunity, right. right, of just not... Or playing the waiting game. Yeah, and as you pointed out, I think very well before, is when you decide to go first, you can change the culture, at least of the community of people that you're talking to about it. We have talked about this too. I think forcing something to manipulate an outcome, right? You and I have both seen people who have have spoken who try to elicit tears or elicit an emotional reaction. They try to tell this tear-jerking story. Yeah. To me, that's not vulnerability. To me, that's good storytelling perhaps, but it isn't necessarily vulnerability. And because you're you're trying to make it an emotion. If we talked about another mistake that people make is sharing without regard for someone else, you know, sharing sure. information that may be private and, and should be kept private. One of the things that I think happens quite a bit, Armin, is when you make vulnerability a veiled attack. So for instance, you might say something like, you know, when you did that, you made me feel defective. Mm. Right. So it almost sounds like vulnerability because I'm saying I'm feeling defective. But it's a veiled attack because, first of all, nobody can make you feel anything. You're feeling something as a consequence of it. They didn't make you feel it, but it's worded in such a way yeah. that the implicit message is, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't make me feel defective. Yeah. You're not really saying, I'm not sure why I'm feeling defective when you said that. Yeah. Now, see, that would be vulnerable. You know, when you said that, I felt defective, and I'm not sure why. Mm -hmm. Now, see, saying that is vulnerable. Mm. But saying it the other way, you made me feel defective when you said that is an attack mm. or can be perceived that way. Passive aggressive. It's passive aggressive. And that's a very common thing. And so you almost need to sort out, is that person being vulnerable right now or are yeah. they trying to, are they trying to make me stop a behavior that makes them feel insecure? Right on. So, so good. So, I mean, I think we should challenge our listeners with a challenge me for this episode, like we do in every episode. I, I'm actually curious to hear what your challenge is this time. <laughs> Go out and be vulnerable. Okay. How's that? It's simple and yet vague. <laughs> it, well, it, it's simple and, and yet vague, yes. A little abstract. But let me, let me put it to you this way. I think there's opportunity, and I'm betting that there's an opportunity for each of us this week to step out and take a risk and open up something about what's going on with us with another person and see what that see what that comes. Mm. Because you will not learn the art of vulnerability unless you enter into it, like you said before, unless you're willing to go first. And it can truly transform your relationship. And I would say some of the hardest places to be vulnerable with ought to be the easiest place to be vulnerable with is our family. Yeah, the people closest to you. Yeah, take a moment and tell your spouse or tell your, your parent or your sibling something that's vulnerable about what's going on with you without expecting them to change their behavior. Don't make it a blaming thing. Don't do it about them. Just d disclose something about what is going on with you mm. and let it sit there. Don't do it in a way to expect anything from them other than just to disclose 
something about them. And of course, it should be done in a way that it has meaning for them. Hopefully, if it's your family, they'll care because <laughs> they're in your family, right? right? So hopefully that has some value. But that's a big challenge, me. It is. It sounds simple. I'll put money on there's someone like, oh, I can do that. And as soon as they go to do that with someone, they're gonna be like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> Dang it, Larry. Why? 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 Well, that's what the show's all about, right? It's to, it's to fire us up to do stuff that we wouldn't otherwise do. That's right. Well, thank you for joining us. This is all the time that we have. We've already gone over but we hope that you enjoyed your time with us today. And if you did, please make sure to go to reinventure.me backslash iTunes and leave us a review. Or if you just want the show notes, just go to reinventure.me backslash 124. And we'd love to hear from you in our comment section. Or even if you would like to call us, call us at 612-314-5447 and tell us what's on your mind. For now, this is Armin Asadi and Larry Gates saying goodbye. Tola. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.